Alrighty, welcome to episode two of Views from the Kicks. As always, I'm Sandy Burks, joined alongside Coach Buck and Jack. And fellas, we're back for another week. We need a video monitor because you said, I'm joined by Coach Buck. You looked at Jack. And then- <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, you know, Jack, Jack's been here for a while. You've been here for a while. I, you have been mistaken for each other quite a few times. Not or is much, that me? Not as much as, you know, that's you. That's you. you know, I actually got called Jack today by one of his girlfriend's best friends. Mm-hmm. She thought I was Jack, so um, that's it. But, yeah, week two, we're back. Um, we, they didn't kick us off the air. We haven't been suspended yet. We have not. No. We have not. So, that's. I mean, well, keep going. Yeah, you know, we're actually on um, – so when I uploaded the podcast, it actually went out to some of the major – uh, I don't know what you call it, providers for podcasts. We're on Spotify now. Um, we've been put on some others that I don't know of. I think Apple Podcasts has us up too. So um, we're getting big, guys. So we can't screw this up now. I have now. to ask Michelle about that. No, I know. But, but <laughs> all I'm saying is we've got momentum and we got to take it. we got to take it into this week, next week, and the week on. And who knows where we'll be in a few weeks. Well, hopefully we'll still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> Thursdays at 2.30, hopefully back here next week. That's right. If there's a playoffs for podcasts, we want to be in it. But um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking Warrior Sports first off, and how can we not start um, anywhere else? But we got to talk about men's soccer against Barry. Coach Kern's first conference win. First conference win, that's big time. Mm-hmm. Big time's where you're at, and we're here. That's right. <laughs> we are here. Um, you know, 2-0 win. No, it was 2-1. It was 2-1. Two, uh, it was almost 2-0. Yeah. Garrett Bosley with look, using nil. I like it. Yeah. It's about, yeah. I like that. We could have used love, but we're not talking about <laughs> tennis today. No, not today. <laughs> uh, Garrett Bosley with two goals, uh, holding off Barry. It was a big win. Of course, we just said it's Coach Kern's first win. Coach Kern's a big fan of the show. He's a friend of the show, so definitely wanted to give him a shout-out. Um, and it was a nasty one, fellas. Um, Jack actually just got a call from his mom while we were on the air. Jack, you should have answered. <laughs> not, not right now. She can she can wait a few minutes. Oh man, she's the biggest fan of the show. She's gonna be disappointed when she hears this show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna get a text in a few minutes. Jackson, <laughs> <laughs> she'll be the first one listening. But yeah, we'll get back to soccer. Um, of course, that big win for them, uh, holding off uh, the coach Kern and uh, coach. Assistant coach Tello got a yellow card near the end of the game, and Steve Crenshaw almost got one too, but he wanted me to ask you this, Coach. Have you ever been thrown out of a game? I've never been thrown out of a game in anything. Never been thrown out of anything? I've never been thrown out of a game in anything. Okay. Never been thrown out of Warrior Ball? I make the rules. Sandy, I'll put that question on you. I know you've uh, you played soccer for many years. Yep. Have you ever received a red card? I've never received a red card. I got booked in one game, and that was in an adult recreational league game. That was not in my high school days, not in my club days. That was fouling a 45-year-old who was going in, uh, approaching the 18, and I had to take him down before he got a shot. Sandy, I'll follow that up. You're, you've been a referee, too. I refereed soccer for a couple years. Have you ever handed out a card? You know, actually, Jack... I hate to break this to you. I've never been a referee. Really? No, I haven't. They don't trust me with the cards. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was a referee for a few years, and I was terrified to bring out the cards. I always had the, the yellow one in my back pocket, the red in the front. And there were a couple of times where I thought a kid warranted a, a, a card. But, you know, those parents are mean. They'll follow you to the to the car, and I, I wasn't going to hand a 9-year-old a red card. So, <laughs> Did you ever reach for your pocket like you were? Yeah. Oh, definitely. But... I, I never pulled a card out. You pulled a John Wayne draw, Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Jack, I thought you did have to send someone off one time. Did you not? I had to ask a parent to leave once. How did that go? 
it was bold. Let me tell you, asking a parent to leave their kid's 10-year-old soccer game is a bold choice, but they're heckling me too much. I was followed in my car once, but that was adult league soccer. Different story. Wow. Well, it's a jungle out there. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is why when we get in the meat of the game and you've got all these fans, you know, you're talking about hostile environments. We've been there before. Yeah, we've been there before. Doesn't bother. Us. We've been ha- you've been heckled by parents. There's nothing worse. Hey, referees never have a home field advantage. <laughs> <laughs> that is no more true statement. <laughs> That's funny, Jack. <laughs> But men's soccer, yeah, with the wind, um, them and the women hit the road this week. They're playing roads in their last game before conference, and we know how much uh, it means to play roads at their place. Um, I heard from assistant coach Crenshaw, a win can get us as high as sixth in the conference tournament, and we would like that. Uh, women's soccer coming off a win against Oglethorpe. Uh, it was senior day. means a senior day for another friend of the show, Hagen Griffith, um, who scores a lot, Coach. Our favorite number 12. She is our favorite number 12. And um, so, yeah, big win against Oglethorpe on senior day, and they'll look to solidify their spot uh, about middle of the pack, I think, for conference tournament. But, hey, you get into the tournament, and anything can happen. Anything can happen. You get in a tournament. We don't have a tournament in football, though. No. Anything can happen any week, though. That's the way we learned that. Um, so, yeah, and then massive volleyball game this week going against BSC. We actually beat BSC. We've, beat, we've beaten BSC we, before. Yeah, we we do it again. That. We did it. You know, we were playing BSC at the same time they were. Um, so, we can't be. We can't join them again playing BSC. But we're carrying a 9-2 and conference record into this game. BSC is 11-1. And I believe we and BSC and Barry are all at receiving yeah. regional votes. Right we have. Place. I actually saw from our own Keith Kelly that we're number five in the region's votes. So um, it's pretty good, Jack. Just need to finish strong. Yep. Room to improve. Good is great. Better is possible. Love it, Jack. Heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have heard it. But yeah, but I, you know, Warrior Sports, big time stuff going on. And um, of course, we're going to Austin College this week. Um, we have said before on this show, a disclaimer, we are ABF, Coach, the ABF philosophy, and what's that? Anything but football. Anything but football. So we're not going to talk as much about the football aspect of it, but for you people listening, it may be a slot fest again, Coach. It could be. It could be. Last year, in case you weren't able to tune in, and even if you did tune in, <laughs> you didn't see the game, you only saw massive downpour. And yeah. I've, I've coached in three, maybe four tropical depressions before, and I've never seen rain like that. See, guys, I brought this up earlier this week. Coach Buck might have coached in tropical depressions, but my high school coach, Coach Register, and former Hendricks coach, Coach Burnett, coached in the actual depression. Is that, is that right, Jack? I believe so. They've been, they've been around the, the block a few times, seen a couple does, wars. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, well, doesn't, he, doesn't Coach Register listen to the, to the podcast? Or I you sure s- hope not. I might get a... I'm, I'm going to send Coach Register a, a, a text later. Saying, yeah, you really need to I'm hear what sorry. your former players are talking about. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> He's got the wrath of Coach Register is still stuck in my head. Well, I think we uh, we both have high school coaches that can bring that wrath down. But um, it it was um, it's you know it rained so much that we were standing in at least ankle deep water. I'm telling you, I did. I felt for you guys because as players, we just retreated to the track that lines the field. So we were on the asphalt, but I'm telling you, you guys on the sideline were standing about a foot deep it was, of water. And, it was crazy. And I think at one point in the game, I realized that y'all were still wearing some regular shoes. I, at least some coaches were wearing regular I shoes. I was not wearing regular I, I, yeah, shoes. Well, I, I had my boots on. <laughs> yeah. But did we know beforehand? Yeah, the weather. I, I mean, we knew it was going to rain. I don't think anybody anticipated that much rain. You know, even when they tell you it's going to rain, it's hard to. I can't imagine a, a game like that. That's it, um, it was. It was. It was the worst field conditions 
I've ever been a part of in my life. We, I was watching a film the other day. It looks like their field's a little, it's, it's recovered a little bit. I'm, uh, well, it didn't have any choice but to recover. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, coach, I wasn't sure. You know, all the, you know, Jack talking about turf specialists, and I wasn't sure what they'd be able to do with that field. Well, it, it was always good grass. I mean, it was always thick. It was always – so it just – I mean, hopefully it grew back. But they're going to get two inches of rain between today and tomorrow. So we'll see what it looks like on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't care what the field conditions are like. Mm-hmm. I just want to be dry. I agree. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be tough. Um, you know, obviously we're – two kickers are doing this podcast, so it's always interesting when you're going into a game like this. Um Get in a lot of kicks and get them early. I hope before the before the slop gets that's in. Right, and if right. anything, you can build a little one inch tee off the mud. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. S- Sandy, we got Coach Buck's perspective, but I'll throw this to you: a player's perspective going into a game like Austin College last year, where you know it's going to be a slop. I didn't know it. I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. Yeah. So, do you do you bring anything special? I know I always bring an extra pair of cleats. Do you prepare any differently, knowing that it's going to be a na- you know natural grass environment, possibly muddy? Well, I will now that you mentioned it. Um, I, you know, well, I'd like to refer to back to something I re- told everyone last year that you should probably bring both your practice cleats and your game oh, cleats good. with a change of socks, so that way you can change at halftime. Well, I hope the players are listening now too to the podcast. They hear well, it I'm, twice. I'm actually going to be able to say that again at practice today. Well, there you go. Well, they'll hear it three <laughs> times then. So, well, there you go. We heard from the man himself. Um, you know, from an equipment standpoint, yeah. I mean, obviously, you bring long sleeves and stuff for a game like this. I saw the low, I think, is somewhere in the mid-40s. So, with the rain and the wind, that's going to be a little lower. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to rain by game time, though. I That'd think the rain's going to be out of it. But I think the wind's going to blow 10 to 15 out of the northwest. And, that's fun. You know, it's it's good when it's at your back, right? <laughs> hey, that's right. We love it. <laughs> hey, when, uh, we, I mean, it's been windy all week in practice. to so get used to it. It's not a problem. I mean, we're been playing football for, what, nine years now or something? Yeah, it's, so, it's there, so you're telling me you've never had wind. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Wind is a factor. We're, we're used to it. Um, but there's a little football side to it. Obviously, we're expecting to play in the mud, and that's always fun. It may, it's uh, it's old-school football, just like you like it. Right? Now, I, I love playing in the mud. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. When I played, I love playing in the mud. So, Well, if we were regular players, I think it would be a lot of fun, at least a defensive guy, because you don't have to worry about ball security or any of that stuff. Uh, you just got there and you hit Valid somebody. Point. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, cutting is going to be difficult. Um, but – yeah, it's it's another aspect of the game. It's a fun part of the game, and yeah, defense doesn't have to worry about the little things like that. But offense has to worry. I mean, offense has to worry about those things. But defense also doesn't have. They've got to be concerned with not knowing where to go. The offense true. at least knows mm-hmm. where they're going. So I think <laughs> I think the part I'm most looking forward to is in the fourth quarter. Are we going to be able to tell who's who with all the mud? You know, because we're wearing white shirts. Good question. And they're wearing red, so we don't know. So you may end up coaching. You know. You may think our defense. Well, I have coached at both places. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're actually going to get to that. So there's a little bit of the football side, but this is what I'm most excited about. Um, You know, you just said it. You spoiled it. I was going to say one of us is is returning home this week, and since we're not playing at the friendly confines of Quigley Cox Stadium. I need to to, uh, put an asterisk there because home is actually in Denison. Right. Sherman's not home. But it's a homecoming (laughs) this week. It is homecoming. It is Austin's homecoming. Only way I get to go. It's amazing that it just happens to be when we're going there. So it's your homecoming, too. It is. um, It was homecoming last year for him, too, wasn't it? No, it was Coach Churchman Appreciation Day. It was they were. Okay. Coach Churchman, who got That's the right. National Football uh, Hall of or the the uh, College Football Hall of mm-hmm. Fame, and I had played for Coach Churchman. He was really a head coach that I that I got recruited by. Mm-hmm. So that was there was a. It would have been nice to actually 
be able to see a lot of the people that wanted to go to the game, but I think a lot of people bailed on the game last yeah, year. No. <laughs> no, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 going to be it's nice because I I'm kind of glad it's homecoming because I'll get to see some people mm-hmm. and uh, you know and selfishly you know get to put our our product on the mm-hmm. on display for people that I played with and people that I that, that I share the locker room with and, and care about and they're they're there obviously to support the college but they're also there to see us yes so I got to ask you what's that like I'm thinking here from my perspective I can't imagine if I was coaching and I was going up against Hendricks now you're not going up against this like you're not going up against your former coach but it would be weird I think to go against Hendricks or to go against my school North Rock or Jack going against Central like so how is it's you know you want to say it's it's not the same it's 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 another opponent, it's, but it's 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 far, it's enough removed now that it's not really the mm-hmm. same as when it was when I was first coaching because they were in the league when I when I was at Louisiana College for for a long time and so there was there was there was times where it was a little bit different especially when you know I left and there were still people I coached at, mm-hmm. at that, at there too and so uh, obviously I have a, a lot of ties there because uh, you know. I've, I, I mean, I bled on that field like everybody else mm-hmm. that played there. So, uh, but in, in the big picture, it's the most important thing to me is you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> and and how we're prepared and how we go play, and and that's the most important thing to me. It's just an added bonus for me to be able to get to see a lot of people that I that I know and care about from my previous time there. Uh, but it, it's. It's difficult because it's a place that you want to win all but one week a year. Really, I mean, so like you're like it would be like if you were if you were coaching against us, you would want us to win every week except the week you play. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of you switch gears, and and I think Coach Dawson's the same way. They're they're our best cheerleader for nine out of ten weeks because you know we have a good relationship and everything, and and we all want to see each other do well. Um, so. Uh, I don't think there's any ill will on any, any either side of that. So that's that's kind of a uh, it's kind of a weird dilemma there, I guess. Mm-hmm. But but again, it's it's the next game on the list, and we gotta we gotta play to win. Now, obviously, we're going down there. It's a business trip, and I'm gonna quote you on one of my favorite lines that you haven't said in a long time. It's a business trip, and we're there to give them the business. <laughs> I, I need you to bring that back. Okay, that's I'll one try of my favorite that. things. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, we're there to win a football game. Um, I know you were an outstanding student when you were in college. Are there any professors, though, that you're going, you, you know, you might slip off during the game to go say, hey, what the heck on that paper? You know, it's like, you have any, you have anything I plead the crawl? Fifth. I plead the fifth. <laughs> no. I got, there's, there's so many amendments. Which one to choose for? One, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I, I, I did well. I was a decent student. I did, I did my, decent. Did my okay. time. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I bring it back. Um, we obviously have a little buck on the team, but I want to I wanna get a picture of the younger buck, you know, going back to your college days uh, when you were playing football. Here's a, here's a sneak peek. Just look at my hair. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see that picture up there. <laughs> and, Coach, kind of turning gears a little bit, we're going to Austin College, which is pretty close to a lot of guys' um, hometowns on the team. Here's a little trivia. Who on the team do you think has let the kickers know the most this week that they're going back to their hometown? 
uh, who is uh, who of the kickers uh, or no, like, of, uh, who of who of our of our group of North Texans? Yes, a group of North Texans have let us know the most that I'm going to say Mason Adams. Exactly. <laughs> Jack came up to me this week. He said, "Sandy, I have a firm over under 18 and a half times that Mason Adams mentions. Oh man, the field's right next to my house. I'm yeah, and my parents are going to bring me water burger after the game. He's like, and um, I think he's. He's getting close. He's today, today will be the deciding day. Okay. I think we're at 14 for the week. He's okay. let us know 14 times that we're we're pretty close to his hometown. That's going to be exciting, though. I think it's a privilege for us to be able to play, you know. Well, guess what? We're very close. Y'all are closer to your hometown five games a year. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, we, I mean, like we, we can go home whenever we want to, but these guys get to go home. They find, You know, a lot of these freshmen have been – Yearning to go home, probably thought, you know, maybe fall break we can go home. I said, not a chance, fellas. I said, <laughs> but I think this week we have quite a few. We have a lot of North it, Texans. It is. There's a lot of North Texans. There's a lot of guys from Grayson County, and and it, it is a it's a homecoming of homecomings. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's big, and and it's big for both programs because you know it's it's a recruiting battle. I mean, we recruit a lot of the same guys, and I I say this all the time. You know, like. Like of the schools that that recruit, I mean, we're probably the most like each other, you know, in terms of the the type of guys. Because I think a lot of kind of times, if you got a guy that goes to see Rhodes and they come to see us, they're going to like one or the other. It's not it's not a like both type deal. Austin College is a little bit different. I think they're they're going to like you know they can like both of us and still pick one or the other. Whereas a lot of the schools in our league, you're going to like one or the other. <laughs> um, I think that's just a lot of a lot of the way it is. And of course, you know. Uh, obviously, half of our team is is Arkansans, and the other half is pretty much Texans. Texans. So we're not we're not going to sh- throw shade on on uh, you know Jackson and and being from Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. or 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 their guys from Louisiana or anything like that. But we are very regional based, and that's it's a big it's a big game in recruiting too. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's that's something that we we is in the back of our minds, and then obviously those guys that are from North Texas that. It matters to those guys too. You've told me this quite a few times that we're we're quite a bit alike, Austin and Hendricks. And I remember you telling us that you know there's not a lot of distinction. Do we have the advantage in the cafeteria? Yes, <laughs> yes. Now I don't know what their new cafeteria is or okay. anything, but I can tell you right now that on my watch and on <laughs> Hendricks's watch, there will be no powdered eggs. No powdered <laughs> no. eggs. You will. If you come to play for in our program, you will not eat a powdered egg. I will die on that sword. <laughs> Coach, you talked about it a lot back when you played. Um, when you went on the road to another school, did you normally eat in their cafeteria? I know where this is leading. You want me to tell the Harden Simmons story. <laughs> I know you are. So I'll go ahead and tell it so everyone knows it. But because Coach Neal used to love this story because he was a Harden Simmons grad. And, and uh, I, we, we were in Czech Republic, and, and I told this story to him about my our trip my senior year to, to uh, Harden Simmons. And it was, you know, one of those budget-saving factors of – well, we're just going to get up in the morning, drive there, eat in their cafeteria, and then play the game. I mean, yeah, that seems like a good idea. Not. So, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, I, I've been under the Aramark oppression my whole life. And, and for you guys that don't know that, like everybody at Hendrix, that's a that's a food service company that does most food contracts. It's either Aramark or Sodexo Marriott. And so, uh, Aramark did Austin College and probably still does. I don't know. But uh, and then they did Hart and Simmons as well. So it's like basically you get to go eat for free in their cafeteria because we're our own meal plan. Right. So we drive out there and the, the that morning we got I guess we got up at five or whatever and got on the bus because mm. it's four and a half hours or four hours to Abilene. And so we drive out there. We get in their cafeteria and 
all the way out there though, like I got up, I wasn't feeling good. I had, I had, you know, I had food poisoning. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And like I, I asked a trainer right before I got on the bus, I was like, do I need to, do I need to throw up and just get it out of my system? He's like, no, you know, you can't afford to be dehydrated today. You know, try to keep it down. I rode the whole, I don't know, it might have been three and a half hours. I don't know how long it is, Dabbling. Just it, once you get past Fort Worth, it's all flat anyway, right? So anyway, we're, the whole time I'm, I am holding it back on the bus the whole way. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's back when we only took one bus too. And so it was pretty mm. crowded. And, and I was telling Bert, the guy sitting beside me, my, my backup and had one of my good friends, Bert Harlow, I was like, man, I, I'm not going to make it. Well, we get in the cafeteria. And of course, I was a senior, so I got to be in the front of the line, and I was the line still out the door because you know they didn't serve you very fast. I mean, why would they? They're Harden Simmons. And it's not Nikki's West. Yeah, it's not Nikki's <laughs> West, and they don't really care about you coming to their school, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not their team, right? So anyway, so I sit down, and I take one like just one little piece of powdered egg, get, and you just, I mean. You just don't even know what that is because you don't even know what because you, you don't have to experience that here. no so like i it just touches my 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 tongue and i'm like punt team <laughs> and i start sprinting out. i gave my best pass rush moves of the year a couple of head fakes dip and rip i gotta swim across and then i'm out in the foyer and and they're in their foyer of their of their commons of their student center and it's like the exorcist i mean the head doesn't spin all the way around but it's projectile and it's everywhere and about that time they're walking in with a group of recruits for oh. Harden simmons football and i just wiped my i just wiped my mouth and i just looked over and goes that's what i think about Harden simmons right there just like that right there i mean it, it just came out i mean like I, there was years of frustration being held by those guys i had a face mask ripped off in the game my helmet been ripped off a, a couple times in the game against them so had a lot of frustration built up and so yeah i just said that's what i think about Harden simmons and i went on into the bathroom and and left it sitting there so um went back in drank a lot of liquids and played a pretty good game except bill poe beat us on fourth and uh fourth and like 10 from the 10 yard line and i missed a sack so mm. yep still haunts me to this day i can still see him i i, I went for the knockout shot and his spider sense got me and i went right over the top of him sounds like that'd be one of your number one stories from austin college huh i don't know if that's the number one story but that's a story that coach neil always liked to tell and he told <laughs> coach keelan that later on and i have much respect for Harden simmons i don't have any disrespect yeah. for him i mean uh and then like later on uh i guess I don't know, 10, 12, whatever years later, uh, when we beat them the first time at Louisiana College, we all jumped in the pool because mm-hmm. there's a pool. They give you no room to, to, to dress, and there's a pool out there. And Coach Dunn said at halftime, if you want to see this short, fat man jump in that pool, finish his game. <laughs> and, and, and we had talked about it all summer, like we're going to go to Harden Simmons and we're going to jump in that pool. <laughs> and we jumped in the pool. That was, that, was, that was a fun experience. And then I got to text all the guys from Austin College that back in the day. Like, you know, that was not just a win for us. That was a win for everybody, right. you know. <laughs> Sandy, I'm thinking we could jump in the pool. There is a pool. There yeah, is a we're pool not jumping in where the pool. we change. No. Yeah, we're not jumping in the pool. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about Austin College. Sandy or me one day hit a game winner, you know, here at home and just go straight to go the – straight in. You're talking about the pool, Jack. Our we pool. go to the fountain. That's a long – That's a long way. way. And, That's uh, a long way. Plus, the last, guy that I know, the last guy that I know jumped in the fountain, and if he's listening, uh, happened to play left tackle and was an all-conference player, uh, slice his foot open. Yeah. I Thanks that. a lot, Shirt Tails. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Shirt Tails is the bane of this football team. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. But okay, so I'm, obviously there's a lot to talk about with Austin. Um, you actually, for those who are listening who may not know, you started a fraternity at Austin College. I did. I did. I, I actually really like Hendricks and the fact that we don't have fraternities <laughs> yeah. and sororities here. I think that uh, you know one of the one of the keys to to, to success is is to not have. Well, uh, Patrick Lencioni, we we did the book, you know, Five Dysfunctions mm-hmm. of a Team, obviously, but they, he writes another book called Silos, Politics, and Turf Wars. And that book goes in to talk a lot about, you know, compartmentalization within organizations. And <clears throat> I feel like it was a great thing that we did, and I, and I appreciate our time together and those guys that's on that picture up there. And, and I did start it one from scratch, mm-hmm. and it was like one of those deals where, you know, this guy says this, and that guy says this, and, and we should start our own. And obviously, I'm pretty good at starting things from scratch. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> yeah. have a tendency to do that, I guess. Yeah. Um, and and we were the first multicultural organization on campus, actually d- designed and and specifically targeted for multicultural organization. And so that was something that was unique, and that was something that uh, had not really been done before. And it was Pi Alpha Psi. We... we, we did it all from scratch. Wrote the Constitution by hand, all that stuff, and and uh, it was it was a great experience, and it was one of the biggest things. And I tell those guys to this day that ask me for advice or whatever is like, you should never make that the thing that you come to college for. And and I felt like too many people went to college, and that became what they went to college for, because ultimately. It's like even if you get recruited to University of Arkansas, where there's national fraternities, ours wasn't a national, you know, uh, or anywhere, you're not getting recruited to that school by that organization. You're getting recruited to that school by the admissions department or football or whatever. You're getting recruited for something else. So you're going to school for something important that's important to you or your family. And then a lot of times those things end up, after you're there, trumping that mentality. And so I always try to make it very clear, like, we're in addition to what you do at school, not the thing that you should be here for. Because none of no one that came to Austin College had heard about our organization before you stepped on campus. So that's not what drew you, drew to campus. It may be something that, that that gives you an extra you know benefit to being here or whatever. But I thought way too many organizations make themselves the most important thing instead of being the supplemental thing. And so, like, I always thought that it was more important. I, I chose to go to Austin College because I wanted to play football there and get a good education. I mean, bottom line is there was nothing going to supplant that mentality of these are the priorities. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people and a lot of organizations, at every school, whether it's fraternal, soror, Greek life or whatever, you if you make that more important all of a sudden, then your priorities are out of whack. So, uh there's times where you know they're very good and there's times where they've screwed some things up and so yeah there's times where i've been very proud of being being the guy that founded it and then there's times i'm like i can't believe that just happened (laughs) did you have the idea going into austin college that you wanted to do it no i didn't even know anything about fraternity stories i knew i wanted to play football and get a good education there you go end of story Mm -hmm. and you know, it, it just, I saw some people join some organizations in my freshman year and I just, and I saw them change who they were. And I think that, you know, as an organization, you should not change who people are, but you should enhance who they are and, and make them better. I saw way too many people change who they were to fit into a group instead of, you know, the group supporting the person. 
And so that was something that was, you know, just on the outside looking in. It's like, these are things that have to change. And honestly, I was thinking, you know, to be good at football, we can't have three fraternities, you know, that that are making them more important than the team. And so I never wanted that to be a reason why they couldn't be good at football Mm -hmm. or why they weren't going to class or something like that. So it was just a little different mentality probably than some, and it made a lot of people uncomfortable in other organizations. So, Coach, being able to start the fraternity and what you just told us, do you think that's where you got your your beginning of recruiting and how how to recruit guys? (laughs) Because you just gave us a very solid pitch on why it's important but why it shouldn't be the main thing. That was do you think that's where you got the start of being able to? I think I've been able to recruit because I'm a people person. Yeah. Not necessarily because I did this, that, and other. Because ultimately, I mean, yeah, you're recruiting in all everything that you do. I mean, but uh, I think I think just being a genuine person <laughs> and and telling people what what you believe in, and people are either going to like that or they don't. And if they don't, they don't need to be with you. And if they like you, then they need to be with you. End of story. <laughs> I, I can already see it. You know, a behind-the-scenes look at Hendrix, um, I've heard, too. I've, you know, he's telling the stories about the fraternities. I've heard the, the origins of two of his favorite things to say, Coach Bucks. I hear um, the here for rule mm-hmm. and um, the keep the main thing the main thing. Yep. And uh, what's the main thing? The main thing. <laughs> the main thing. <laughs> Um, that's, I mean, that those two things are wrapped up into that. And, mm-hmm. and you know what? I think I'm not, I, I just, again, that comes from, uh, you know, being around the people that I grew up around, the, the coaches I had all the way through in my, my time at Denison High School and, and those people that I really respected. And then, and then Coach Morris and Coach Churchman, Coach Norman, those guys I played for at, at, at Austin College. And, and it was, when I came to Hendricks, the, the the old guard at Austin College, like Coach Lawson, Coach Coach, Coach Norman, and 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 really Coach McCord, all those guys that were even before me, that it was it was it was it was it was special and it was different then. And when I came to Hendricks, when I met the people here, that's what it reminded me of. And I'm like, we can be successful because we have those kind of people. And in the early 80s and late 70s, and then like Austin College was one of the most successful small college programs. I mean, they won a national championship in 1981. Uh, A lot of those guys worked for my dad growing up. I I knew a lot of those people from the playoff teams all the way through the 80s. So I grew up with them in the backyard being good and, 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 you know, wanting to go do that myself. So um, I think that's all kind of boiled into, to, Again, why I felt like I fit here because of, of that that um, experience. You've emphasized that a lot to me, at least in the past. I don't know if Jack's been here for those conversations, but about fit and how important fit is. And and you made it. And um, you told me something recently about how we were going up against another really good program, and how you were hired at the same time as this other guy, and and that. Even though y'all had been both very successful at your own programs, if y'all were to switch places, it probably wouldn't work out that way. Yeah, I and think, I thought that was very interesting. I think that's that. I think that's important. I think for you know for you guys when you go to med school or where you go to you know where you end up wanting to, wanting to work for your life and and it's just finding the right fit, not because it's a title or money or it, it's finding the right fit because the right fit will will lead to self-actualization. It, 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 like I've, two weeks in a row I mentioned Maslow, but, you know, you can't get to that top form of, you know, feeling good about yourself and the people around you if you don't fit in the right, in the right place. You know, when I uploaded this podcast the other week, it asked me what category I wanted to put it under. I put sports. 
I think this one's going on self-help. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already had a lot of that today. We had uh, Dr. Hill visit us at, at, at lunchtime. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, I don't know about Jack. I've had the pleasure of hearing Dr. Coach Hill. Uh, I don't know yeah, what he wants Coach to Dr. Hill. Yeah, Coach Dr. Hill. Um, that's Fitz Hill uh, to those who may not be aware. But I've had the privilege of hearing him speak a couple of times. And um, there were a lot of other people at the previous times. This one was a little more intimate. Um, how important having someone like that come to speak to your program. We have you bring in a lot of people to speak to us and they're all fantastic, but just having these this continuous influence coming in, I mean having Dr. Hill, what's what's the gain of having someone like that speak to the team and Well, you know, if you if you correlate some of the things you said, you probably would correlate that to things I've said before too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it's like sometimes, you know, as a parent and your parents will appreciate this, you know, I'll say something that they probably said a million times, but they're like, "Oh, coach Buck." Said that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now I'm the parent right. and then they're like, "Oh, Dr. Hill just said that." Yeah. You know, but I thought I thought his message was really important about especially, you know, just from sometimes when you're buried, you're just planted, mm-hmm. I think, and then and making those setbacks, comebacks. And, I mean, it wasn't designed for anything other than, you know, giving him a chance to, and we didn't tell him what to talk about or anything like that. It just kind of fit with the time. And the Lord works that out sometimes. He I does. mean, uh, it just it just kind of fit. And then, you know, I thought, uh, you know, his, his message was really tailored uh, to, to, to what we as, as a team, as Hendrix, as, you know, uh, and what you guys, especially the seniors, are going out like, you know, do something that has influence for other people. Don't don't just do something because you want to do it. Don't just do something because you're going to get a paycheck. Do something because that's gonna that's gonna fulfill yourself by helping others. Yeah, I thought it was a great you know speech today talk that he gave, and I think Sandy and I have a greater appreciation for it just being able to be from the central Arkansas area and see, you know, firsthand, you know, growing up when Dr. Hill was taking over Arkansas Baptist, I remember I went to elementary school, right? Caddy corner to Arkansas Baptist. And I remember first or second grade, just remembering that spot as a, almost a rundown place and being able to, you know, go to Little Rock Central and be, I don't know, maybe a half mile from that place and really see how he's not only changed that campus, but the whole community. It was really cool to see how you know, he took some of his football influences that he had before that and tailored it to a, a community outreach through a college. It was really cool to see. That's why I'm so glad we had that. We had a video beforehand that was talking about some of his exploits. And I really was hoping that for the people who haven't been around the area to understand just how monumental his task was, um, it, it was a lot. And to, to from where he started to where he is today has is, is been unbelievable. Um, but I think even more impressive was the mindset he took into it. And he elaborated a lot on that. And um, going back, using his um, his family stories, I think, honestly, I was just thrilled. That was that was a great time. I took a lot of notes. Um, being a senior, you can never get too many uh, life lessons. I think a lot of freshmen are like, oh, my gosh, enough already. <laughs> but when you're actually going out into the real world soon and to get that uh, practical, just wholesome advice, um, that was just awesome. He's also just a really good speaker, too. He's very engaging. Um, He's a good storyteller too. He's really good at doing uh, voices. Um, you know, he, he he his cadence is good. He pauses at the right times. He's just he's good. He's yep. been around the block. And I always I'm always a big believer. If you're going to bring somebody to talk, don't be bring somebody that's going to bring it. Yeah. Don't, don't bring somebody <laughs> yeah. that's brought it. <laughs> exactly. 
I was kind of surprised. I was. I remember when you told us about the speech, and when you told me Fitzgerald was coming, I was like, "All right, awesome. I mean, I'd, I'll definitely go see him." But it was it was really nice to have the whole team there. I, I was surprised that you know it, it was mainly just us and a few others. But yeah, that, um, I was actually surprised that you know a few others came. I, I tried to you know get the word out to the rest mm-hmm. athletic department and stuff, but but uh, but you know that that was. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be tailored straight straight for us. It was. But I mean, but I mean, but he is a football coach. He knew his audience too. <laughs> he knew his audience. His football background was a, a little bit before you and me were born. I didn't realize he was the assistant head coach at the University of Arkansas with Coach mm-hmm. Coach Nutt. I remember when Fitzhill first came to speak to uh, my high school team. My dad was like, "Yeah, Fitzhill, he's he's been around the block a few times. Yeah. He he knows what he's talking about." Mm-hmm. Well, this is how it all kind of. Uh, this is let, let, let's. Let's let's put this in a perspective of how how small the world is. So, so Coach Hill played at Arkadelphia oh, for a guy named John Outlaw. John Outlaw, um, ironically, is was the roommate of Mike from Mike's place down here, um, which we what? went to eat last night. Yeah. So John Outlaw coached in at Arkadelphia, won multiple state championships there. Was a very and he was he played at UCA, played for Coach Strange at, at UCA, and then uh, and then. He coached at Sherman High School after Arkadelphia, and that was our arch rival at Denison. And he was and he was a really really good football coach. Coach Criswell, coach uh, and Coach Outlaw, you know, they were basically the figureheads of two towns that that put everything into their football mm-hmm. programs. And it was great battles, and it really revitalized the Battle of the Axe, which is the one of the oldest rivalries in the state of Texas. Um, and I have I had much respect for Coach Outlaw when he left Sherman. He went to Lovekin, uh, and he really did a great job of of building a program there. And and he passed away way too too soon. I actually donated to the, the to the documentary they made on him, uh, and because I really respected Coach Outlaw. Later on, I had recruited his son to come to play for us at Louisiana College, and and again, Coach Outlaw, that group they were they were just a really great group of people, and it was the same kind of. Even though he was very demanding and probably one of the, he was a hard nosed joker. Um, he was a guy that that still had the same kind of uh, values that we have in our program, and and that that you know like I look for in the coaches that we have. So those are those are the small world things that happen. So like for instance, this is how more small it is. So Coach Secord, who was my boss at Louisiana College uh, when we started football there, he was on Coach Outlaw's staff at Sherman. Uh, Coach, uh, and then so Mason Door and Cannon Raider, who play for us, they play for Coach Secord. Um, it's just kind of weird how that all kind of pans out. And then also, uh, Coach Hill's uh, offensive coordinator at at uh, San Jose, Norman Joseph, was uh, a head coach of ours at Louisiana College. I worked for him, and he was he was when I became an offensive coordinator. He's pretty much the guy that had, that I took that. Took took the ball from um, because I really really learned a lot of offense from 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 Coach Joseph because he was a really great uh, innovator of offense and 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 it was I mean he and I have mad respect for Coach Joseph and then he went on to 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 go to Mississippi College and and he had started the program at Bellhaven <laughs> so uh, one of the people that I leaned on heavily. Uh, to, to when we started the program here was Coach Joseph because you know what'd you do successfully what'd you do in unsuccessfully what what worked what didn't work you know uh, him and then Coach Keelan at Harden Simmons and then Coach Fred and Berg at at Mary Harvard Baylor were all kind of resources and then obviously I had already been part of a startup at Louisiana College so that's how it all kind of boils down and, and we're all kind of interconnected. 
That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it really is. Like you hear about these coaching trees all the time, and and uh, it, it's a uh, it's a small world. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah, I, I never knew that. But Coach Hill today, great speech. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back a little bit of your time at Austin, real quick. Um, football was not the only sport you coached. Is that right? Well, it was the only sport I played. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I played football. I played football, but yes, I did coach uh, football and mm-hmm. women's basketball. Yeah, never played it down on women's basketball, <laughs> but I but I coached it. Pretty successful, huh? We were pretty successful. Uh, we set almost every school record, and we went to two Sweet Sixteens and lost to the national champions twice. Mm. Did the unacceptable come out <laughs> in basketball? Yes, there. Yes, yes. Uh, that's not where it was deviated from. I don't know where it came from, but but I just it did every once in a while. I mean, and back then I I had much. I was much more. I wasn't as even-tempered as I am now. <laughs> and here's a question I just thought of. Coach, you know, you're a football coach. You're used to walking up and down the sideline. You know, in basketball, you have your specific zone. How did you – I was the number one – okay, so funny story. So, first of all, I didn't know much about basketball other than the fact I took Coach Mason's coaching basketball class. But I was in physiology class which was very difficult, by the mm-hmm. way. And there was only four of us, me and Shane Allison, who's my best friend, who we hate each other every day in practice, but, mm-hmm. we, but we hugged each other off the field. <laughs> like, so um, we made A's in Coach Patera's class. And she goes, you two guys are going to coach with me. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I'm like, I don't know anything about basketball. She goes, I don't care. You're a winner. You're coaching with me. And so that's how we became assistant coaches. She wouldn't let us say no. <laughs> So he's in that picture up there too. Yep, he's in that picture too. All right. So um, we became basketball coaches in that first year. Um, you know, we we had a lot of freshmen, and we had we had six girls, six, just six, six, and kind of like our offensive line, kind of like our offensive <laughs> yeah. line. And in in case you didn't know, it takes five to play basketball. Mm-hmm. The sixth girl we actually recruited off the off the intramural court, and I'm pretty sure she smoked <laughs> a cigarette after every game. But, it, but I mean, but like. But like we had to have somebody, but but uh, and and I was just a I was just a student assistant that year. We really didn't. I just helped practice. Um, that's back when you could have male practice players for everything, and so okay. we we practiced every day. So um, and then eventually I became a, a full time assistant, and and we had recruited really hard, and Coach Patera was a really great recruiter, and we recruited some girls that 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 made a huge difference and so we went to to had a decent freshman year with the group and then um we won a conference title uh and then went to the nai uh championships which was a great atmosphere it was awesome and at at san am and we were playing san ambrose who was number six or seven in the in the country we're the only non-scholarship school there out of all scholarship schools and we first like five minutes of the game and coach mason our athletic director who he was as good as gold and he's he's passed away now but i love coach mason and he was really high in the nai and had had a lot of a lot of a lot of friends and the head of the nai uh lady she was she was there and coach patera takes the ball away from the official in the like the first <laughs> like three minutes of the ball game you know what that means technical <laughs> Boop, you're teed up so lady comes over and goes because no one, no one gave us respect as as basketball coaches. Because we were just done playing. I mean, I I looked like a nose guard coaching basketball. I mean, I was, I mean, 
we didn't we look like bodyguards so matter of fact we just introduced ourselves to that because no one gave us any like you know they didn't give us the respect we deserve anyway so and, and plus we're like non-scholarship and everyone's like ah, looking at us so uh the lady comes down and goes hey just so y'all know, one more tech, you guys are coaching. I'm like, oh, heck with that. So I became the number one get-back coach. So every time Coach Terry stood up, I put her butt right back in the chair. You know, ESPN did a long uh, – they did a documentary about the get-back coach. Um, I – I'm gonna have to send in this audio. It sounds to me like you may have been the first ever get back coach. Well, I was uh, I was at least one for basketball. I don't know if there was mm-hmm. another one in basketball. So fast forward three years later, we're playing for the championship uh, conference championship at 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 Harden Simmons or McMurray. I can't. We're in Abilene and. Coach Patera's losing it, and I'm trying to keep her, you know, from from getting a tech. She gives me the best head fake, I mean, spin move, and she's out. Now, she was an alternate for the Olympic team, so it wasn't like I was losing to somebody that didn't have some athleticism. I mean, she was she was athletic. She gives me a head fake spin move, and she's at the official before I know it, teed up. <laughs> three years later, and then and then like after the technical, she comes back to me. She's like, "You're supposed to keep me on the bench." I'm like. Coach, I'm designed to do those kind of moves. I'm not designed to block. <laughs> I don't block. <laughs> you didn't have good hand position. You, I didn't. I, did, I didn't have good hand position. No. I didn't get a good set. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, but it was fun. We went to again, uh, Sweet Sixteen, lost to national championship. The the and everybody always asks this question. It's like, what's the difference in coaching men and women? You know, that's that's like. You, a lot of times, there's not a lot of difference. I mean, you you you, you know, it's expectations, it's it's all that stuff. But but what is different is like when and this and Coach Coach Weaver will tell you the same thing. Like you, if if I'm talking to you guys out there at the end of practice and I'm and somebody and I'm making a point and somebody's done something wrong or something like that, you know, even if you're the guy's done it wrong, everybody's looking around going like, who would do that? You know, like. Who's he talking to? When you when when I, this is what I noticed when I was coaching women's basketball. Like if I was making a point, and I was making a and I was making a point. Like everybody thinks I'm I'm singling them out. Like everybody's like he's talking about me. So like that's the difference. Men are like pointing at the other guy while yeah. women are like internalizing. And then that was what my biggest difference in coaching the the women's basketball versus football. And, and so addressing that group differently because I've made some mistakes, pl- plenty of mistakes early in my career uh, with that uh, and how, how to approach that. So, Did you take any lessons from that? Are there any, are there, is there anything you do today when you're coaching us that has, that has evolved from when you were any, any lessons you took from that? Well, I think everything is, yeah. I mean, I like it cause that's just, that's all that is, uh, you know, past experience and, and see, here's, here's what education actually is, Sandy. Education is the sum total of life experience. End of story. That's it's not just read reading the book. It's not just it's the sum total of life experience. That's part of my life experience that's made me who I am today, and I'm and I'm glad for it. Jack, you made an interesting point about how he couldn't walk the sidelines. You know, he couldn't do that. Um, another thing in basketball, I don't think you can wear hats on the sideline. So that means he uh, can't do his signature hat throw. No, no that. headset either. No, when the official, <laughs> so when the official messes it up. But in basketball, this is the hardest transition I had to make. You know, in football, you can get immediate retribution for anything. So, like, <laughs> like as a lineman, you get wrong to one play, we reset, we play the next play. I'm getting you this time. You know, like, like that's that's part of just being a lineman. You know, so you get you get a chance. In basketball, the game keeps going, so you're like, I can't get anybody back. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't uh, ask the referee or the official for an explanation. But, you know, we were talking about the headset, you know, hat throw. He does have a clipboard. You could have thrown the clipboard. (laughs) 
Maybe you had a clipboard. I can say that I've never thrown a clipboard. Typically, I was keeping someone else on the bench from throwing a clipboard. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but his real name's Anthony Allison. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see him picking up a chair and throwing it during a TV timeout or something. Bob (laughs) Knight. Or a laundry hamper. I I never threw anything. (laughs) Namely because, again, I was trying to keep my best friend from Mm -hmm. acting an idiot. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't take losing very well. Well, Neither do you. Well, no, No, you you handle it with grace, but I know you're as competitive as they come. Yeah, but like I learned how to internalize it more because I didn't want him to go kill something. (laughs) Sandy, I don't think the kickers have ever thrown anything at the field. Well, Charles earlier this season with his helmet, but... Oh, yeah, when he almost ruined yeah. Coach Lewis's career. Yeah, he did. He almost took Coach Lewis out. That was a, He was celebrating a run by Kit Van House. He took it to the house. That's We've got to trademark that. Um, and he let his helmet go, and we had a referee and a coach almost screw their knees up pretty bad. Yep, well, that's what happens when you let a kicker use his hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rookie mistake. It won't happen again. Oh, man. He's a, I don't know. He should be used to celebrating touchdowns by now, but – Punters, you know, it's that it's that extra space in Canada. They just think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we okay. I did. I I have an itinerary. I plan this out. Plan the show out. Uh, there was one question we didn't hit on that I wanted to. Have you lifted a weight since you last played at Austin College? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Do you still lift? I don't lift now. Okay. Uh, now, I unless mean, you're doing, I, you know, you're reeling on fish. Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, I lift. To put things up, but, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't like lift now. I like, but when I went, when I was rough first out of college, like I think six, seven years, I was the strength coach at Louisiana College. I lifted with every group and all that stuff. I okay. mean, I did, I did that, you know. Um, but there's only so much time. I mean, like I don't feel like I have to bench four hundred pounds anymore. It just doesn't. I don't. That doesn't. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I just hope you know this. This does come <laughs> as a surprise, and I'm going to let you tell your version. I think we did this on the radio show, but this is a new medium, so we have to do it here. Um, Jack, do you remember a story in which he might have done something where you're like, that guy probably still lifts weights? Where he, where Coach Bud did something? The, the laundry hamper, Jack. Oh. We were in the line of fire. <laughs> yeah. Freshman year, I remember it was um, it was against Barry. It was the week before Barry, and I think guys weren't being serious. We had just beaten center. Yeah, and... I, I'll be honest, I thought Coach Buck was joking around. I thought he, We all did, Coach. <laughs> I thought he was joking around, so I started laughing, and all of a sudden there was a bottom of a laundry hamper about my eye, right at my eye level, and Coach Buck wasn't playing around. We're, we're giving them the business. This is, um, this is heavy. This Allegedly. is a heavy thing. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> This this is one of those stories, and I, you know, when y'all get back on written alumni days, and y'all are, y'all are gonna roast me at a roast sometime, and you're gonna tell this story about how I threw a laundry cart through a window, you know, and it, we don't even it, have windows. It, no, it evolves. It evolves. <laughs> oh, hey, those little windows up there at the very top, maybe. You're pretty good at throwing a football. You've got aim. You you could have been able to hit one of those windows. Not with a laundry cart. It, no. it, I, point was made. Point was definitely made. No, we were ready after that. I knew, as a freshman, I knew when Coach Buck came into a team meeting, it was business and strictly business, and it was time to get a get a Viking after that. So, (laughs) Coach, um, I know we're getting off the wall now, but Sandy brought up fishing, which you know I thought of a question. I forgot to write it down. Bring up fishing. You brought up fishing, Mm -hmm. like the only thing doing bicep curls. Yeah. So the resident fisherman on the team, San- not Sandy. I'm Sandy, sorry. you're not the Sandy. <laughs> uh, Parker Stone, Wade, they're always watching fishing videos, and I'm starting to think that's how they sharpen their, their skills. Do you watch fishing videos? Uh, not, not a lot, no. I mean, yes, I guess sometimes, but, but 
That just makes me want to go. So. That's because Wade Stone and Parker are trying to learn from the experts, but you're talking to one. Yeah, so. but I, I'm not saying I don't need to learn something. But, <laughs> but I mean, but there's a difference in, uh, you know, there's a difference in theoretics and going out and doing it. <laughs> Were there any good fishing spots at Austin College? Uh, yes. Besides the field last year, yes. Uh, well, the, the field was there. I mean, it, there there were there were there were plenty. I mean, Lake Texoma was right there. I grew up on Lake Texoma, and you know, uh, there's some other good places around around Austin College. And Austin College actually owns a couple places that that you're not supposed to fish that you could end up fishing at that I don't know anything about. But yeah. So, are you giving us permission to fish the Hendricks Creek Preserve? No. I've heard there's bass. I heard whenever they created it, they stocked the uh, creek to uh, indigenous create. indigenous yeah, species. I think so. I think largemouth that, bass to try to create a, a full Arkansas ecosystem. I actually do think that's right. I think I've seen some stuff back there. That's beside where uh, the strength and conditioning coaches and Sturgis right that office that. Coach Phillips used to have, I guess, Coach Howell and them. Yeah, that's part of it, I think. I think, okay. Jackson and I will never fish back there. Never, huh? Okay, well, you were talking about videos, and I guess it is time to go off the board a little bit. I, well, it's still kind of keeping with football, but um, we got to know, Coach, when we're on road trips, you're up at the front, everyone's in the back doing their own thing. I can't help but notice sometimes I see, you know, you're laying down, you're laying in the seat, uh, you got your phone out. Um, the people at home want to know what what are you watching? What are you playing? Uh, I think I noticed a little bit of Wheel of Fortune last time. We yeah, were, last yeah. week last week I played Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Try to keep the mind sharp. You know? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Did you do okay? I did fine. Are you preparing to you know once you have a lot more time on your no, hands? No, I'm not going to. You're I'm not, not going to Wheel I'm of not, Fortune. I don't want to be a contestant. No. What? I just I just try to, I try to play word games and stuff like that. Okay. So like you know I I think my biggest fear in life is 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 is, is to get to a spot where I can't remember. Mm. So, so is Wheel of Fortune your favorite TV game? No, I haven't watched Wheel of Fortune in I don't know how long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it what? just it was just one of the things that popped up on the okay. hey free apps this week, and I was like, I'm gonna try this. <laughs> okay. And so that's how I ended up with that. I think we saw you. I think Charles one week. I was watching something. He poked me on the shoulder. He said, "He's playing Candy Crush." Look, yeah, that was <laughs> that was the week before. I, I played Candy Crush the week before. You know, but I don't think that one keeps you as sharp. I, I think. You know, and plus, I just really don't want to pay for anything like luminosity or anything. No. You know, so you know, just kind of got get, kind of got to go w- with whatever. And then, but again, I want to. I want. I usually play games that, that keep try to keep you sharp. Is maybe Jeopardy maybe this week? Maybe. Uh no, no Jeopardy this week. Um, Scrabble. Uh, I have. I play, I used to play a lot of Scrabble. You know, Michelle and I used to play Scrabble when you actually put it on the board. You mm-hmm. know, like you know. So the yeah. old timers, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, it was like actual real board game. Yeah. And then we, and then a long time ago, like when it first came out on on uh, apps, we played against each other on our cell phones, and like there's just something not right about that. But when you're sitting right next to each other playing each other on a cell phone, yeah, I can agree with that. Welcome to the new world, Coach. I know, for real, yeah. really. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. But isn't that okay? I guess going back to the being a head coach, you know, it's kind of weird. You're you're recruiting kids nowadays that just are totally, you know, honestly, there are kids that are what maybe eight years or so younger than us, Jack, that do things just totally different than how we do. As the children. freshmen here are different than you and me. You know, we well, have to, They don't remember the uh, the Motorola Razor. I remember yeah. as a kid, I I thought that was the coolest thing. But yeah, I was agree. that the flip phone. Yeah, is the you really, had one of those. I always wanted. My mom had one. I, I really wanted one, but people thought I had to switch. I one. got you distracted from your question. No, about I'm, kids are different. It's just different. Like, how do you, you know you're recruiting kids that just are? When I say fundamentally different, 
I mean, it's just, you know, different circumstances. The way they do things, like, you're, you're, you're essentially recruiting kids nowadays that they'd rather Snapchat message somebody than actually text, much less talk to them in person. Yes, it's, that's, that's, that's something that's, that's – the great thing about being in, in a sport is that that is a constant. Mm-hmm. Like, football is a constant. You know, athletics, there's there's some constants there, you know. So, like, the things it takes to be good at it are constant. So, there's some things that are, that are you know, universal kind of truths. But but the, the communication uh, gap, I think, is something that we're all going to face as we go. Um, I think that that is – it's a lot bigger topic than, than what we could brush over oh, right here. But, I mean, it's like – I mean, it, the ability to sit around and talk to one another. I mean, it's a lot easier to do this right here and put it on a podcast yep. than it is to actually go out and, and say that to a group of people. Like me personally, I could talk in front of 10,000 people and, and probably not be nervous, you know. But the the thing is, like, we really struggle now with interpersonal communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something that... That you can see that with like freshmen that don't want to communicate with professors, or oh, you know, or you know, if they have an issue, can't come in and and say that you mm-hmm. know to 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 your face or whatever. And part of a, the process of, of growing a guy up through the time here would be to to get them to be able to communicate, you know. And that's something that, and 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 it's and it's it's sometimes becoming a lost art at some point, you know. And and now like my generation is 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 you know we're texting more and we're we're doing more of that so in the big picture we're just facilitating we're now just facilitating more of the more of the issue mm-hmm. and and I, I always tell our guys all the time and you know you can't be afraid to tell somebody you love them mm-hmm. you know you can't be afraid of that you know uh and that's not a text that's not a that's not a snapchat that's not it's like hey man i'm gonna do everything i can for you today I love you. I mean, and that's, and you, that goes a long way, I think, still to this day. And I, I don't think those things are going to change, but the way, everything that around that is constantly evolving and how we express to each other. And I think it's harder and harder for people to deal with emotion because they can't express it. And Sandy, talking about, you know, Coach Buck was talking about communication and how our generation's a little bit different. Um, Recruiting's different too. I think Coach Buck, maybe when you were being recruited to Austin College, it wasn't, you know, it definitely wasn't a Twitter. You know, a coach had to follow you on Twitter and send you all these different types. It's Man, when I was getting recruited, we didn't even have, we, you had to like buy email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. like there was, bar- I mean, we was barely internet at the t- I mean, it was just coming out with internet. People recruited, you didn't get recruited until you were a senior anyway. I mean, like most people didn't even, I mean, you, you got a questionnaire as a junior, but they recruited you as a senior. You know, I think that has, that's one of the biggest things. And that's, that's something we probably need to lead in on the next next yeah. deal is, is you know re- what that change in recruiting is and and the landscape of that that's that's something that that transcends all of athletics and and the timetable that it takes to to do all that because pe- what people expect out of recruiting and what it actually is are two different things mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people in the world that want to be recruited but they don't really want to play yeah and 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 that's one of those things that society is is perpetuating because it's like all right it, it's all about your 15 seconds of fame and and I'm gonna get this uh, this tweet here or this that there or you know I, I can't believe I, I want either want to like or, or or I can't believe somebody didn't like this or dislike this or I mean like who cares mm-hmm. like either you want to play or you don't and 
You know, it's like the offer deal. You could tell somebody, I want you to play for me, but until you say it's a offer, yep. yeah. like they don't understand. Like I, I would think that now we give an offer to people, but mm-hmm. but I would think if I told you I wanted you to play for me, wouldn't that mean that I want you to play for me? Mm-hmm. But apparently we've demeaned, demeaned our vocabulary so much that we can't mean what we say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we have to qualify it. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where we should go with the next show. Well we got well hey we have hopefully we have a lot of shows left so we're gonna we're gonna end that part there. Um Unfortunately, Coach, your time in the spotlight's over. We're going to shift the spotlight Boom. over to Jack. Jack, I, I, I texted Jack this morning. I, I said, had no Jack, rhythm. I was going to do a drum roll. <laughs> I said, Jack, I need you to come up with a list. And, Jack, what was that list? All right, so the it was, Sandy asked me this morning, bright and early, almost woke me up. Uh, so, <laughs> so he asked you, but you weren't awake. <laughs> he, you weren't awake, so he asked you, so you don't really know what he asked. He, he texted me right as I was waking up. He said, Jack, I need you to come up with the – Five best places to eat in Conway. Boom, good. And so wow. I divided this into places that I think have the best food and then the five most popular places for college kids. In I, I want to preface this. I want I want to know Jack's opinion. I wanted to get your responses to it. But I also, I want to put content out there to where it's, it's going to get – it's going to get heated. He's going to say some stuff that may get people mad, and that's what I said earlier. I told Steve, Steve, this is what Jack's got. He's got a couple of these it's restaurants. It's a no-holds-barred go- show. <laughs> he goes, this is a no-holds-barred steel cage death match of what's best you, in Conway. You know how Steve is. He goes, man, that's weak. That's <laughs> <laughs> what so, he said. So, Jack, so let's go. the best places in Conway, I don't go here very often, but if I'm going to take Joanna to a nice dinner maybe. Okay. Oh, some of these are. Um, I'm starting off Mike's Place. Very solid You mentioned place. it. You Boom. mentioned it earlier. I mean, dang. That's, yep. that's my number one. Pasta Grill. It's a good place. Yeah. And then this is where it kind of gets wacky. Um, not nice dinner, but solid food, Hog Pen. Whoa, oh, whoa. Oh. That's five star to us now. <laughs> hey, Hog Pen. You can't, go, you can't go wrong with Hog Pen. Ribs and fish. Stobies. So it's good, good place. Good place. I'm not a cheese dip fan, but okay. that's wow. another topic. Whoa. I'm, I'm a big um, right like Mexican food guy. I like senior tequilas. Okay. Um, best college places to eat. Sandy, what do you think? Number one. Uh, well, the number one undefeated overall seed, uh, undisputed, is Don Pepe's. Yep. I don't know if you're familiar. You, you Don, know Pepe's, Don Pepe's? Don Pepe's. I'd give Don Pepe's. They have maybe the best deal in town. I, I would put them... I would put them way above Jack's previous choice in Mexican food. Wow, but anyway. Yeah. yeah um, this is this one is only qualified. It's only a good place to eat on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Naru. Because they have their half-price sushi. College people love Naru. They also uh, love food poisoning, apparently. No. No. We're not sponsored by Naru. <laughs> I've eaten Naru. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, third is JJ's. Uh, JJ's is pretty dang good. You know, they actually may give Don Pepe's a run for their money for best deal. Yeah, well, only at certain times. Yeah. Don Pepe's is all the, all the time. That's so. true. And the last one for favorite college places, Los Tres. Los Tres Patrios is a restaurant in a hotel right down the road. Mm-hmm. They're building a separate location now right across the street. Um, initial thoughts? You, you're okay? His- my, my initial thoughts are, like, if... Yeah, for 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 college budget, cheap. Yeah. Yes, Don Pepe is a great choice. But, obviously, but I mean, but like, but like, I'm a I'm a Mexican I'm a Mexican yeah. food snob. And okay, if you if you have cheap Mexican food, you get cheap product. You you're gonna get a cheap result. Yeah, but he picked Senor Tequila. You weren't very happy with that. No, I think it's terrible. Okay, well, we're gonna, I'm gonna, now I'm gonna get you on this this cheese dip content last time. But let's go. So he said, "There's uh, a difference in cheese dip and queso." That's all I'm saying. I'm yeah, from Texas. Uh, yeah, one, two, uh, three, ten. So you're happy with Mike's Place, Pasta Grill, Hog Pen, Stobies. 
Yep. Okay. I think those are all good. JJ's all right. is on top of my list too. JJ's is near the top. Yeah. I okay. mean, it's it's just a good place to eat. Well, thankfully, no one. It, it didn't get too heated around here. Um, maybe Twitter might have something different to say. I think you, Jackie, may have left off a few names that I, I like your list. I just think you know some people may have a different. We, we need to get. You know, I mean, people need to respond to this. They and do. Say, and, so and we see what they see. say. Um, so, folks, we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, made it through another hour. Um, we have not been kicked off. And we got to get to practice. We do <laughs> got to get to practice. So we, um, we do need to win this week. Yeah, Let's go get to well, practice. You know, if people couldn't see us, they may have thought we were on the field right now. I thought yeah, you were just about true. to blow your whistle for stretch. Well, I have it right here. <laughs> All right. Speciality. All right. All right. Time for stretch. Fellas, we'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Kicks. We're out.